You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Welcome to the CEO Podcast with Washington Hospitality Association President and CEO Anthony Antone. This month, Anthony welcomes John Henry, the co-founder and managing director of Total Benefit Solutions. The two discuss the changing world of healthcare and how you can add this benefit to attract and retain employees. You can find links to the programs and items mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at podcast at wahospitality.org. Thank you to our sponsors, U.S. Bank and Earn West. And now, here's Anthony. Welcome to the Washington Hospitality Association CEO podcast. Once a month where I give you 30 minutes of uh, maybe one major topic and what's going on in the industry. One of the things we're talking about today is, is healthcare. And we're really excited to have uh, one of our healthcare key advisors, uh, John Henry, with us today, who's going to give us what's next in healthcare, what we need to know, and some of the basics that as we're considering healthcare purchases and using this as a good retention tool for our members, uh, for your employees, um, how to do so. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation, uh, which does feed me right into what we typically do was start off the podcast with what do you need to know with what's going on in the industry? If you've listened to this podcast regularly, you already know, but for the rest of you, on our best day, the association does four things to help your business succeed. One, we want to be your primary source of information and get great things to you. Two, we want to provide great programs that really provide an ROI and value to your business. Three, uh, we want to uh, illuminate career paths in our industry so people clearly know how to have success and growth within hospitality. And lastly, we want to protect and enhance the business climate that you're in through government affairs. So let's start with government affairs. And uh, what we're really seeing a trend for this summer is local municipalities considering increasing the minimum wage separate of the state. And so there are activities going on in Renton and Burien and Bellingham, all being talked about, rumored about, uh, considered. And we don't know if they're all going anywhere yet, but the point is, is these are active conversations that are happening. And we know those are the ones we know about. So we're hoping that as you help us protect the business climate, if you hear any rumors in your communities, you can let our government affairs team know right away. You can do that uh, if you don't know their information simply by uh, emailing us at podcast at wahospitality.org. And any questions you have on today's podcast, you can send that way or for more information, uh, send us questions and we'll get it back out to you. We are not really well equipped to have lots of cities doing their own approaches on different labor issues. And so we are keeping our ear to the ground and trying to figure out how to attack this as it spreads to a more local level. On the communication front, it's August, so you probably already know that the Labor and Industries' new outdoor heat rule went into effect on July 17th. The team has updated its wildfire and extreme heat preparedness toolkit to help you tackle that rule and know what you need to know. 
If you want the link to that, again, you can check out the podcast notes or email us at podcast at wahospitality.org and we'll send the latest toolkit up to you so you can stay in compliance and also have a safe environment for your team. Our education foundation is uh, now kind of going full bore. We've uh, hired our team. And with that, we are restocking our mentors for pro start schools. So if you're interested in helping uh, a high school student uh, learn about our industry and seek a career in this industry, and honestly, you'll probably get a couple of team members out of them in a time that you're short, why wouldn't you want to do that? We're looking for mentors. To find out if you have a pro start school in your area, again, talking about it a lot, email us at podcast at wahospitality.org. And then our fourth pillar, we are really seeing our, our healthcare offerings grow. We're getting a lot of demand, a lot of leads. In fact, we're having a hard time keeping up on them. And so uh, be sure to check out uh, our healthcare offerings and seeing the growth. But it's one of the reasons we wanted to do the podcast today, because a lot of people, as they're reassessing their healthcare, either for cost or because they want it to be a stronger retention benefit, or they don't offer it today and they realize that with everyone being short 10 to 20% of their workforce, healthcare can help people stick and attract um, so you can have a full team. So we're, we've asked John Henry to be here. And after our commercial break, uh, John is going to walk us through some of the basics that you probably want to know as a, as a small operator today. The Washington Hospitality Association partnered with U.S. Bank to provide you with innovative payment solutions at exclusive members-only pricing that meet the needs of your business and the demand of today's hospitality industry. Check the show notes for a link for more information. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. This episode is also sponsored by Earn West. Earn West has helped Washington Hospitality WorkSafe members save money and navigate Washington's workers' compensation since 2012. And we are back from break. Excited today to be talking to our expert, the person who helps us work with our uh, healthcare trust, John Henry, and really learn about what you need to know going on in healthcare today. Uh, with all the issues around employee retention, technology changes, virtual this and that, and many of you are just trying to keep the doors open and you know that healthcare is important and you haven't been able to keep on the, up on the changes, we thought this was a great time to bring John in and not talk about any specific thing we're trying to sell you, but more just what you need to know going on in healthcare. So, John, welcome to my podcast today. Thanks, Anthony. Glad to be here. And I know what you do, but our listeners probably haven't had the pleasure of meeting you. Can you give them a little bit of snapshot of how you and I and the association know each other? Certainly. So we are, uh, as of just about a year ago, the association's appointed um, healthcare consultant. So what we do is we work with a multitude of different health insurers, health insurers, dental carriers, life insurance carriers and harness the buying power of all the members of the association to try and get the best deal and the best deal from a value perspective, but also from a choice perspective. Well, and then that's probably the perfect person to be on our call today, because that's probably a lot of the things our members want to know, not just the association. And so um, but I, you got to admit that people are going to hear the word we're going to talk about healthcare and say, gosh, <laughs> 
that doesn't sound like the most exciting topic, but I love when I talk to you, 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 you seem to be really passionate about the world of healthcare. Do you, do you love what you do? And tell me, tell me how come you're, you're, you're so passionate about it. Sure. Um, well, it's probably not the first topic I bring up at a party. Uh, you know, Hey, let's talk about insurance. But what, what the reason I'm so passionate about, I like helping people. And I, I find that, you know, when we do have a conversation, when I have a conversation with a friend or family member about insurance, I typically can help them navigate some of the complexities that, that are surrounding a really complicated um, industry and a complicated purchase that people end up in. So whether it's helping somebody navigate a hospital bill or, you know, how to access care that they may otherwise have had challenges with, I just get a charge out of that because I know how important it is to the quality of their health. And, you know, doing this, this has been my 28th year doing this. I've been, I've been doing this for a while. And, you know, I think back to the, the difference in plans when I started versus now, I think about the type of care that was given. And I get really excited when I see the types of things that people have access to that they didn't have before, whether it's some of these new, you know, biologics that, that are helping people, you know, who had psoriasis, you know, all of a sudden be able to be uh, psoriasis and plaque free on their skin and, and, and the arthritis go away or have um, just, you know, seeing the evolution of things that would have killed somebody before, but now with some of these new cancer medicines being available, and although they're super expensive, the insurance is able to make it available to people that might otherwise have, have not even had some type of access to that type of care. And that might be a little bit of a um, side, side uh, answer to it. But I, I just really like the fact that what we do in our business helps people stay healthier and helps people uh, in their time of need. And I've got, I've got I've had the real benefit of being able to do that for a long time now. You know, the, the biggest reason I think people are talking about healthcare today is the workforce shortage. And how do they keep attract workers in this world at the same time, all this stuff's going on. So is healthcare an effective recruitment or attraction or retention keeper? Of, of our team members? What do we know? What does the data tell us? Yeah, the, the data is a little hard to pin down, but anecdotally from the employers in the hospitality business that we work with, they find it very impactful when they're, um, when they're recruiting, when they're trying to attract, when they're trying to retain talent, especially because things are so darn competitive and not just competitive from other hospitality industries, as you well know. You know, there's companies like Amazon picking off some of the best employees out there. And we see having a good health plan, having a good benefits plan, being one of the things that can can make a difference to an employee. Well, I think it's fascinating that when you look across the employment spectrum, there's nobody who's full, right? Yeah. Everybody is 10 to 20% short of the workforce they need. And it's always interesting. I always like to think it's just hospitality that's going through the struggle. But then you watch the news and there's not enough airplane pilots. And then there's not enough high-end jobs there's not enough engineers there's not enough and then uh, the other people we normally competitive with construction's really short amazon continues to just try to hire even though they're reducing workforce they're still short workforce mm -hmm. so what i'm trying to help operators on is that we're going to be in this for about in the next five years until the generational gaps start to close if you're looking at healthcare and you're like this is something i ought to consider 
but I haven't historically because my margins are tight and it hasn't been a high demand for my employees. And now it is. Where do I even start? How do I start a conversation? What I, what I really know is how to take care of guests and maybe run food and, and you know, and, and create a great um, hospitality climate. I don't really know healthcare. So if I'm in that boat, where do I even start? Yeah, that's a great question. And it, it can be overwhelming, especially um, when you're doing, you're wearing all those hats as, a, as an employer. Uh, you don't have the time to educate yourself on all the plans and the market. My recommendation is always uh, partnering with a trusted advisor for healthcare. I mean, like your insurance broker. And if you don't have one, most associations and the hospitality association definitely does uh, have a couple of endorsed insurance brokers that have experience working with hospitality uh, industry companies, you know, hotels, restaurants, breweries, wineries. So they have an idea of what other people who are in your same boat are offering, what they're getting value for, and what they're getting impact from. Um, having a good advisor will save you a lot of time. They'll shop the whole market, and they'll really help give you some direction as to what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. I, I think that's yeah. I think that's always advisable when you <laughs> you can't do it all is to find someone strong. When you're talking to someone, what are the ABCs of getting involved in this? Because I often think of, it used to be when I first started working, which is no gray hair ago, right? Did your company offer healthcare? Now the question is, does your company offer good healthcare? And I feel like for employers trying to relate on in hospitality, it used to be, should we go out for dinner tonight? Now it's, where do we go out for dinner tonight? So the it's still a related question, but it's different. And you hear more and more people say, hey, this place is great. They have good health care or the health care plan there sucks versus just having it. So what are the ABCs of knowing if you've got the right deal for your employees or not? Yeah, so I love that you use ABCs because, um, you know, back when my hair wasn't gray as well, that was the way I learned the business, which is what does your insurance plan provide from an A, access how do you access care? Do you have the right doctors in the panel? You know, can you, um, these days, do you have virtual care? You know, how do you access what, you, what you're buying? And then B, the benefits. What are you actually buying? Do you have a high deductible, low deductible? That type of thing. And then C, cost. So with those three parameters, you can really dissect a plan pretty easily. But I think it comes down to when you're talking about the specifics of how does an employer decide? And is it a good health plan or a bad health plan? I think it really depends on you as an employee or owner. So it's not about one plan fits all. It's about having some choice because as we all know, uh, the workforce is, is very diverse from an age perspective, from a gender perspective, from a, a segment of, of life. So what could be a really good health plan for you and I, Anthony, might not be such a good health plan for somebody who's 25. So having a good set of plans having choice that's available. Uh, and the association does a great job of this where you can have um, you know, a mix of plans per employer so that you can meet the, the diverse needs of, uh, of a mixed workforce. That's super important as far as delivering on the satisfaction of, you know, we're paying for this benefit for you as an employee and you have the choice to pick what really fits your needs. Well, it's really interesting you say that because sometimes you hear the same people having the same healthcare plan give the exact opposite opinion so i think that's really good starting advice of, of how do you how do you assess those things the modern workforce i think more than I, I since i don't know when 
seems to be the one more engaged or involved. Have you seen any best practice develop when you're talking to your team about healthcare? Is that a conversation of don't ask them because then if you don't do it, it'd be hell? Have people found ways to engage their team to say, what do you need from healthcare and educate them about the ABCs that you mentioned, access, benefits, and cost? Or is it really something the employers kind of tackle with their, their advisor and then just present? Or, or there, has there been anything in the middle where they brought their teams and folks together to make sure that they've got the right plan for their, for their business? Yeah, there's a lot wrapped up in that question. There's, there's, uh, you know, if it's a first time buyer, I think just getting something started goes a long ways and then easing in. Cause I think that there's also, there can be a fatigue of too many choices, but I, I think it's really important to involve the people who you're trying to help by, by paying for and offering care in the decision-making process. And you can do that a number of ways. You can, if you're going to offer for the first time, you can work with your advisor and pick a couple of options that you think would commonly meet the needs or has done a good job from a satisfaction perspective from like groups to get a start. And then as you have a year or two under your belt, you can do some employee surveys along the way. So that's, I mean, in most, most cases, the employer and the employee are co-contributing to the cost of the coverage. So, I mean, if you're going to ask me to pay for part of it, it's really nice that I get to have a say in what I'm buying. And having at least one or two choices um, can be a really big impact on the, on the satisfaction scale. So just a simple survey, you know, talking with, with your advisor, your, your broker, you know, what do you see is commonly offered in, in companies like ours uh, can, can really help a lot. And, and do brokers usually, are they usually comfortable in talking to your teams directly and in, in assessing these choices for your teams? Or is that something that most operators have to get strong at themselves? I think it should be collaborative. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't expect that the that the operator is going to have all the time and insight to do it. I think that they're going to need to work with um, with an advisor, a broker to help do that, and then just kind of the, the owner operator can learn from what the broker is doing. But I think that's part of the reason you're paying a broker is to help you pick the right plans for your for your team, your staff, and then make sure that year in and year out those those plans are still appropriate for the staff that you have and the needs that you have. Let me let me switch gears a little bit because just like everything else, the world is changing fast. Mm-hmm. And what we knew about everything eight years ago now seems like a hundred years ago. And so a lot of people who maybe you know laid off their team and stopped their plans or got out of healthcare when a minimum wage got really high, but now because employees are demanding it or re-looking at it, they'll probably found a lot has changed in the healthcare world and. It feels even with that, there's new technology all the time. So what are the big changes that are occurring within healthcare right now that either if you're just getting into the market, you ought to know about, or you ought to be aware as a current healthcare provider, as as an employer, that, hey, these new things are changing and it's going to impact the way your team accesses or what's the right word for it, or thinks about healthcare. Is there, what's going on in the the, the new world of healthcare? Yeah, there's, I mean... There, there's a lot obviously going on in the medical technology and the, and the new medicines, new therapies. But from a consumer perspective, the, the big things I think that have changed over the past, say, three years, pre-pandemic to now, one is the way that we access care uh, has really expanded. So virtual care used to be limited to mainly a teledoc. So you could call up if you had a sore throat or if you weren't feeling well, or your, your child wasn't. And that was that was 
It was an add-on to a lot of plans. Now it's baked in, and most carriers will have that just be part of every plan. And it's been expanded from just being for things like, like I said, like a, a sore throat to being a primary care. It can be done virtually. Um, it can mean things like mental health, which we've all seen the, the increase in mental health challenges, especially through the pandemic. And now with the state of the country and the polarization, you know, it's impacting so many people. Mental health care is, is on an equal footing as physical health care. So, uh, and we're seeing that extended to virtual care. So virtual care has now gone from just for minor aches and injuries to all the way over to primary care, to mental health, which I think is a great thing. You're seeing the emergence of uh, of these minute clinics, these uh, these clinics that like Aetna CVS has inside their pharmacies now, and you can go in for just about any type of non-emergency care, and for no copay or low copay for a lot of the plans, you have access to a doctor or a nurse right away. So the immediacy which you can seek care and the ways that you can seek care uh, and the cost that you can seek care for a lot of these types of things has gone way down and become a lot more available. Well, let's talk about virtual healthcare because I remember when Teladocs first came out. Yeah. And I remember like, wow, that's that's weird or that's futuristic or right. are people really going to use it? Or I get it's for basic questions. And I know from a cost perspective, it can be a cheap offering or a much more affordable option mm -hmm. to provide to folks. What are the team members saying about it? What are families um, saying about the ability to, I mean, to me, it seems like, hey, I can stay home and not sit in a doctor's appointment and get some basic things, you know, not sit in a doctor's office for 45 minutes and get some basic questions answered that might be able to help me. So on a surface, it sounds great. Are families and team members and, 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 and our workforce saying we really appreciate this kind of health care or is it still in development and too early to say? I, I think we're definitely uh, have gone around that curve from that's weird. That's a little interesting. I bet the people at Microsoft use it to it's becoming a lot more common than just the everyday person saying it's more convenient. Uh, actually, when I sign on for, a, for an office visit at 10 a.m., the doctor or the nurse is there at 10 a.m. versus going to a doctor's visit and you're waiting 20, 30 minutes. Or I'll tell you what, the last place I want to be when I'm not feeling well is the doctor's office. I don't want to get something else. Or if you extend that to mental health care, there's a big stigma around that. And I don't have to see anybody in, in the waiting room. There is no waiting room. Uh, so we're seeing the adoption rate really go up quickly. And, you know, one of the things that gets me really excited as far as virtual care outside of just me using it for primary care is the availability of experts. So let's say you end up in the hospital. I have a personal story where my, my uncle is, is experienced, he's challenged, he's battling cancer right now on the East Coast. And I was talking to him and I've got my virtual care meeting coming up in 10 minutes with the expert uh, from Yale University. Like, wow. So the ability for some of these world renowned experts to come in and, and, and talk to and help people in more regional uh, in rural settings, I think is a game changer and a, and a um, just an absolute multiplier of, of experts out there that otherwise wouldn't be able to give you their advice. And on top of all that, from an industry that has incredibly tight margins and counts every dollar, it's more affordable. It's more affordable to run. And so the more that the people become adopted and use it and like it and comfortable with it, at worst, it's it's helping us hold down our healthcare costs. At best. In the long run, it might be able to help us reduce them. That might be a 
dream at this point. Let's try to hold them down and then we'll worry about reducing them. Yeah, we can just stop the inflation for a bit. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Wow. You mentioned mental health. I think we all knew that the industry had some challenges with it. And then I think COVID put that to the test. We lost some of our great folks to suicide and otherwise. And I think the idea of mental health being someone else's issue, just saying it's okay to talk about this and it's okay to have coverage and, and having this accessible is important. And I think there's really been a, I feel like there's been a public turn of the tides about what we think of and say of when we talk about mental health, which is fantastic. Where is mental health care coverage going and, and how is it being viewed as part of the healthcare packages that people might purchase moving forward? Yeah, so a number of years ago, they had the Mental Health Parity Act. So prior to that, mental health always had a cap on it. So it was like a $10,000 cap or a $15,000 cap or, or a visit limit cap. And um, now in any ACA or any mainstream health plan that is gonna be compliant, has to consider and treat mental health the same way they do physical health. Uh, the challenge with that is that there's a huge shortage of mental health practitioners. So getting back to like virtual care, the virtual care has a, has a, is a way for people to access mental health care and therapy, even if you can't find somebody local that is accepting patients. I think the other thing is as a result of the pandemic and as a result of some of the um, unfortunate uh, loss of people in your industry and in our world, it's becoming something that people just talk about more. And I think we need to talk about it more because the stress of being a business owner, the stress of being an owner operator, the stress of being in, a, in an industry where you're always on, I think there has to be a better way for us to converse about this, for us to offer help and assistance and to make sure that people know that just the same way if you had a broken foot, you would go to a professional. And the same way if that foot never got better, you'd keep going back and keep going back until you got better. We need to take that approach to mental health. Well, I mean, I, I, it, it always feels like it takes a tragedy to get us to see the world differently. But I do feel like um, more and more people are open to this concept, that it used to be that if you heard someone was going to counseling, it'd be a whisper in a back room. And now it's like, hey, you should go to counseling. And, right. and who cares? You talk about it like you're talking about the Mariners, you're talking about getting a beer. It's, you know, yeah, yeah I was talking to my counselor and, and it just feels like we're shaking away the negatives to it, which is so so much healthier. If I'm a, if I'm an operator looking at getting into providing healthcare, yeah. is the addition of ment of virtual mental health coverage going to be a really expensive add-on or relatively, is it going to be something affordable that really could help my employees go a long way? It, it, it shouldn't add much to the cost of the plan at all because most of the plans will have it anyway. In today's healthcare, the plan you buy will probably include uh, health care. Okay. Majority of plans will have it. Thank you. And it'll be, it'll, it, will, it will be treated the same way as if you went to see your primary care physician. That's great. That is great. John, thanks again. Uh, thanks for all your work with our, with our healthcare trust that's designed for the industry and by the industry and managed by the industry. And, and you've been a great advisor for us on that. We've seen great growth in that program. And thanks for sharing a bit of that knowledge with, with the entire industry today. And with that, I'm going to go schedule my virtual uh, wellness checkup. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anthony. Well, again, John, thanks so much for being with us today. We hope everyone has a great close of their summer.
please check out the Wildfire and Extreme Heat Preparedness Toolkit that will help you uh, address the new labor and industries outdoor heat rule. That is in the podcast notes, as we said earlier. If you're interested at all about mentoring a pro start student, uh, reach out to us and let us know that. And really think through how you can use healthcare to be a great benefit and retention and support tool for your team. So with that, it is an honor to serve you. We'll strive to get better every day because we know all the challenges you're going through. Until then, have a great summer. Thanks again to our sponsors, U.S. Bank and Earn West. We'll see you next month, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.